and welcome back to a podcast. This is Turf Show Times, uh, some sort of podcast. I am Kenneth Arthur, and today we are talking to Sosa Kermenjas about the LA Rams and their 2020 NFL draft class. Let's just do it. Sosa, uh, you only get one draft a year. This is a special event for a bunch of us, including you and me. Where do you... How do you feel? How do you feel about this class? You only get one per year. Where does this one rank for you? Uh, so I liked it. I was I was pleased. Um, one of the first things probably that stood out to me is I was shocked that they didn't actually like trade really uh, too often, especially with those first four picks. I thought uh, for sure they were going to move either up or down, most likely down. So that was surprising to me. But um, in terms of the haul, you know, I was happy. Obviously, uh, someone like myself does a lot of work in terms of scouting the prospects and stuff like that. So mm, I value guys probably differently. Well, definitely differently than everyone, um, like including the Rams. So there may have been certain guys I've, you know, would have went elsewhere with and certain picks that I would have taken a di- different direction with. But uh, overall, I think they, they address most of their needs. I think, I think they got pretty good values specifically in the third round, stuff like that. And um, I think kind of a lot of their picks spoke to, what their new philosophy may be moving forward. So that's really interesting to me. So within that, um, you know, anyone who's listening to this, I think by now probably knows who the Rams rookies are, but if not, uh, the Rams selected Cam a- running back Cam Akers and wide receiver Van Jefferson in the second round, linebacker Terrell Lewis and safety Terrell Burgess in the third round, tight end Bryson Hopkins in the fourth round, safety Jordan Fuller in the sixth round, and they had three seventh-round picks, linebacker Clay Johnston, kicker Sam Sloman, and guard-slash-tackle Tremaine Ankrum. Sosa, of those names, uh, is there one that you are the most excited about, and who would that be? Oh, wow. Uh, I think probably the guy that I'm most intrigued about would have to be Terrell Burgess, the safety from Utah. Um it's going to be interesting to see kind of what his role will be moving forward, particularly this year in 2020 and, and in the future years, because um, he's really, really versatile. And he only has one year's worth of starts under his belt, which was this past season at Utah. So he's relatively inexperienced. And that kind of speaks to maybe how much more of a ceiling he might have because of just how much further he can grow and how much more comfortable he can get uh, with more playing time. But um, yeah, like I said, he's really versatile, so that's kind of interesting to me. He's a guy who could play single high in the back end. He's got enough range and enough speed to kind of do that thing on his own back there. Uh, he could play split safety coverages back there and, like, cover two, cover four kind of things. Um, and some of his best reps might honestly be when he was kicked down into the nickel spot. So, um, obviously, the Rams let go of Nick Roby Coleman there at, at the nickel spot, so that, that's kind of a hole that he may fill or someone they may fill with someone else, but... Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see just kind of how they uh, intend on using them. In terms of day three, uh, any thoughts in terms of a, a favorite pick on day three among those five players? Okay. Um, day three, I would probably go with the earliest pick in tight end Bryson Hopkins. Uh, he's obviously a really good athlete, uh, kind of similar to like a Gerald Everett in terms of his receiving ability and kind of where he's best at because he's definitely not going to be an inline blocker. Uh, but, yeah, I would say probably Bryson Hopkins. I don't know exactly 
what the Rams envision with him. Um, I'm quite certain probably he's not going to have a huge role in 2020 unless the Rams do move on from a Gerald Everett. But, uh, you know, he could be the replacement in 2021 and moving forward because uh, Everett is entering a contract year this year. Is there anyone around these names who you feel has the longest shot to make the final roster? Uh, I mean, I'd probably go with the kicker and Sam Sloman, even though that's kind of a cop-out answer. Uh, just seeing how the Rams had signed two uh, kickers prior to drafting Sloman, I believe one of them came from the CFL and one came from the XFL, or yeah, I believe that was it, but uh, probably that, just seeing how much competition there is at the kicker spot, I think they're, they'll be open to taking whoever does best uh, throughout the offseason and kind of throughout preseason. There were a lot of people who expected the LA Rams to take uh, an offensive lineman with their first pick, which was number 52. Obviously, I think um, one of the issues taking a offensive lineman at that era, area uh, is that you are getting, I think, a you're getting a, a fairly – you're not getting that great of a shot at getting a super good long-term starter anytime after I, – honestly, at that point, 52, 57, it's, it's rarer than you might think. Um, but finding a really good running back or a really good receiver, especially in this class, the odds seem higher – um, and that seems to be the way that the Rams went, going with Cam Akers and Van Jefferson, a running back and a receiver there at picks 52 and 57. Um, for this class, for this team, um, for the players that the Rams didn't choose, what does Cam Akers need to do to be the right first pick for the Rams? Yeah, so for me, that's uh, it's going to be tough for him to justify kind of that draft spot just because of my – uh, personal outlook, I guess, on the running back position and uh, stuff like that. But, you know, I, I've watched extent, uh, Acres extensively over the last week or so. Um, and he's a really good player. Like, there, there's no knock on him necessarily as a player. I think uh, if I'm kind of, re uh, of reviewing it from, like, the, from a point of view as a fan, I would say that um, he probably needs to get a stranglehold on that running back one spot relatively early um, and handle majority of that, you know, the carries and even the receiving game work. Um, he's going to need to create routinely regardless of the offensive line's performance just because uh, that's what his draft status is going to dictate there, um, you know, because the Rams could have passed up on him and went with offensive line help, but uh, they – seem to have thought that, you know, the running back position was more of a issue last season as it came to um, their lack of production in the running game, as opposed to just being the offensive line. So that's something he's going to have to, uh, you know, outperform for me. And then I would like to see kind of a, a, an impact as a receiver. I don't think watching his tape, uh, he like, fl he flashed a little bit as a receiver, but I don't think he was incredibly natural as a receiver. And I would like to see kind of him get involved in that uh, sense of the game, just because uh, being a receiver out of the backfield is, is every bit as important as being a runner at this point in the stage, uh, at this point in the game. But, uh, and, and probably the last thing I think is, he, I would like to see him just kind of uh, turn those standard, you know, four, five, eight yard gains into something a little bit longer into like those 15, 18, 20 yard type of gains. Uh, and I think that he's proven in college that that is who he is uh, just because of how strong his body is, how good he is at breaking yeah. tackles and how good he is at creating yards after contact. So I think that he will be that guy, but that's definitely another thing that I'm looking at. 
Um, and then they went with Van Jefferson at pick 57, a wide receiver. Um, it seems like another opportunity for the, the Rams to get a, I think a quote unquote, maybe safer bet than some of the other guys on the board. And in round three, they took, as we said, the edge Terrell Lewis and the safety um, Terrell Burgess. And uh, how do you see Terrell Lewis being able to fit in the defense? We talked about Burgess a little bit. How do you feel Terrell Lewis can fit into the defense right now and in the next couple of years? Uh, yeah, so Lewis is an interesting one. Uh, he didn't have much college production. He didn't play much. Uh, he lost a lot of time due to injuries and stuff like that. So for him, being healthy is going to be paramount. That's first things first for him. Um, but he displayed a lot of interesting things on tape. He's, he's got pretty good explosion. I feel like when he can snap, he can time snaps properly. He gets a good jump off the ball. Uh, and, you know, you, you see a lot of different – uh, hand usage and different moves and stuff like that on tape. So that's exciting. Uh, and although he didn't do much at the combine, he did uh, do the explosion drills, kind of like uh, verts and uh, broad jump and stuff like that. And his numbers were excellent, which is obviously a really good thing when it comes to uh, being an explosive pass rusher. So that's interesting. Uh, in terms of his role, I, I think he's probably going to line up at the will linebacker spot. I think they're going to probably want someone like Floyd and Epicom at the same linebacker spot where they're better against the run. Um, and Lewis is probably going to have to fight with Oboe Garanko for playing time. I don't know how that's going to shake out exactly, but I guess the hope is that one of those guys can step up and kind of get a stranglehold of that spot. And I'm sure the Rams are going to uh, be interested in having a nice rotation there, regardless of who does start and who plays more. Um, but even circling back to Burgess, uh, I think, you know, even his ability and his versatility on the back end is going to allow the safeties that the Rams do currently have to kind of play in their optimal roles, because I think a guy like John Johnson is best in man coverage against tight ends. And I think a guy like Taylor Rapp is better, the closer to the line of scrimmage that he is, the better of value he's going to provide for your defense. And yeah. so uh, having a guy like Burgess, uh, you know, who can play on the back end by himself is kind of going to allow those two to play in their optimal role too. And I think that's really intriguing uh, thing with Burgess as well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking about it right now and uh, just a little off-the-cuff uh, game here we can play. Uh, if, when you do look at those first four picks, those four day two picks, Cam Akers, Van Jefferson, Terrell Lewis, and Terrell Burgess, how would you rank you know, those four picks in terms of the way that you like, the way that they will work out for the Rams or in general? Uh, for me, I think looking at those four picks – I think the one that I like the most would be Van Jefferson. So I'd rank that number one. Um, before we go, what would be your number one? Out of the, I'll, I'll move forward. What, what would be your number one out of those four players? Who would be your number one? I would go with uh, Burgess. I think he offers a lot to the defense and the value. I think he was the lowest pick out of them all. is probably the best. Great. Uh, great. So, yeah, good value. Terrell Burgess, you know, I would say that for me, Terrell Burgess is my number two you know, because of both the things that you said um, as well. So for me, the my number two, uh, what would be your number two? So for me, number two is probably a toss-up between Van Jefferson and uh, Lewis. I would probably give the edge just to Lewis because of positional versatility. I think getting a guy who may be a starter on the edge in the third round would just be uh, amazing value. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. And I think, um, and, you know, for me, the Van Jefferson, by the way, I think he is underrated Albert, in general, I think. Uh, I think that I like, the, I like the, the father stuff, his dad being a coach. Um, I like that he'll be more prepared and that he's fast and that he's going to step into a role that's open for him. So that's why I have Van Jefferson number one for me. And my number three, I would say, is Cam Akers because I think that I think that he was a really great player at a really crappy uh, school for a running back. Um, and I think he'll have good opportunities immediately with the Rams. Uh, who would be your number three? Yeah, so I guess for me, number three would be Van Jefferson. Uh, he was a guy I did scout before the Rams or before the draft happened. And I was definitely intrigued by his skill set. Um, you know, there are some negatives, I guess, to his game. Uh, he is 24. He's an older rookie. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not going to like by the time he becomes a full time starter, which might not be this year, he'll he might be 25 already, which is kind of old. But uh, and I think he might struggle to separate a bit downfield, even though he may or may not be fast. I don't, we don't exactly have a time on that, but there was yeah. that stuff that came out at the senior bowl. But uh, like you said, he had, he's a guy with a really high floor, even though his ceiling might not be the highest. I think he's a really, really safe prospect, and you know pretty much exactly what you're getting out of him. So. Um, yeah. And that's clearly something they value is the separator. And that's exactly what he is. So I definitely think he's going to, he's going to be uh, of great value to the Rams. And for me, my number four is Terrell Lewis, because I think that I'm, I'm kind of shocked that there was a round three pick with the background that Terrell Lewis has as a player who has hardly played because of injuries. Um, the fact that he can miss that much time during his college career and, improve his draft stock from high school it would almost seem like he just seems to get better with that with missing time so I think it's it's too much of a risk at that point although the payoff could definitely be a, a very productive uh, linebacker but for me too big of a risk and I also think there's a lot of good line there's a lot of good Alabama linebackers as in linebackers who are good at Alabama that get drafted in the second and third round. I mean, I think you know, Ryan Anderson or uh, someone else, someone else, someone else. But uh, a lot of them just – they don't have impacts to the next level uh, at a huge level a lot of the time. Uh, for you, your number four is Cam Akers. What are your thoughts there in terms of your, him being the number four for you? Yeah, so for me, that's strictly a positional thing uh, and obviously like a draft value thing. Yeah. Um, I did not want to go running back uh, at 52, but – um, what's funny about this ranking is that Cam Akers to me is probably the best talent and best player out of all four players. It just yeah. happens to be that he was the first draft and he was in, he does play at the position, uh, that is the most replaceable, I guess you can say. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think he's probably the best talent out of them all. And he's, he's a really intriguing player for me. If they had drafted, um, Terrell Lewis at 52 and Cam Akers at 84, does that change your opinion of the draft class? I think it would change the opinion probably of those picks. Uh, I don't know about the class as a whole, but those picks, yeah. I would say that Lewis, I would be scared about that early because of his bus potential because I do view him as a boom or a bus guy. Yeah. Uh, but it would also change my opinion on the Acres pick because I viewed it as uh, running back in the second, I didn't want. Running back in the third, I would have been okay with. And running back in the fourth, I would have loved. Or fourth yeah. or later, I would have loved. Um, and I think if you could have gotten a talent like Akers in the third, obviously that would have been an absolutely a uh, home run pick. Um, 
And uh, speaking of uh, the third uh, round, that's a round. And another thing that's number three is day three. Uh, and Jordan Fuller was a day three pick. And I saw that the coaches were like, yeah, we got a lot of props for drafting Jordan Fuller from other player uh, coaches and execs or whatever around the league. Just like, oh, yeah, good pick. You got a good pick there. Uh, do you see that sort of excitement with Jordan Fuller? Do you project him to have a bigger impact uh, than, say, special teams? Yeah, so Fuller's a guy I still have to do a deep dive on. So um, it's tough to say exactly what I would think of him as a prospect. But uh, I do know that he played a lot of single high coverage at Ohio State this past season. Um, and, you know, again, back, dating even go back to the, the Burgess thing is, I think it kind of speaks to the philosophy which the Rams are going to be employing or deploying, you know, moving forward because Burgess is a guy that could play single high. Fuller is a guy that has played majority of his snaps in single high uh, going back to last season. And then you think about a guy like Brandon Staley who coached in Denver and had probably the league's premier single high free safety in this current time period in um, Eddie Jackson. Uh, so that's kind of interesting to me is another thing is that I think, again, like Burgess, it's going to allow guys like JJ, uh, John Johnson, a third and, and Taylor Rapp to kind of play moving forward as opposed to moving backward. Um, and it is also something to think about that the Rams just have never really been a team, at least under McVay or not McVay under Sneed dating back to Sneed's uh, regime to they've never been a team that's literally been interested in re-signing defensive backs in general, safeties included. Um, and so I think the fuller pick, although he might not get a lot of playing time this season, it is something to look at down the line as, you know, he could be a potential starter with a guy like John Johnson slated to uh, enter a contract year this season. And I know even myself, he is a great player, John Johnson, and he is a fan favorite. But uh, at some point, you know, the philosophy of the Rams is just the philosophy of the, of the Rams. And they just haven't really signed really any BBs outside of the franchise tag. So, you know, that could kind of be a, a little foreshadowing of what might be to come in the future yeah. years. Yeah, very good point. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. They've added a lot of uh, defensive backs of note, but not for very long. Uh, not on those second deals a lot of the times. Uh, for these first two picks, you know, a lot of people would be looking for Jared Goff to turn around his 2019 season into something that looked like the previous two seasons. And, you know, theoretically – you would think, hey, maybe that means that Van Jefferson is at least as efficient as the Brandon Cooks we saw last year, if not more, uh, whereas for Cam Akers to be at least as efficient, productive, you know, and more so um, than Todd Gurley for that to happen. And we know that both of these players are in much better positions than those previous guys based on their physical health at the moment but we don't know if they can be actually good at the next level so what can these two guys you know the Rams focus their first two picks on offensive skill players we know how much less efficient the offense was last season how much do these picks at least you know even if I, I understand the the running backs argument because I feel like I was in on it from the very beginning, or at least not the very beginning, but like early on, I was like, yeah, running backs don't matter and you shouldn't draft them in the first round. But I do think, I guess I do think like late second round is a pretty good area 
to get them because I do think that now we've kind of gone over to the other side where running backs are underrated again because they do have, I think, well, at least rushing has a very significant impact. And for a team like the Rams, if Cam Akers can be a broken tackles machine like a, a Marshawn Lynch used to be for the Seahawks, it can work around potentially some of those offensive line issues, at least in certain play situations, um, anecdotally speaking. But um, how much do you see these two players at least having an impact on improving Jared Goff or getting the offense back in the right direction? Um, yeah, I think they're, they're a really good step in the right direction. Um, we've seen the Rams offense under McVay three seasons now, and they were at their best clearly uh, in 2018 when the running game was effective. Um, and as soon as the running game kind of became ineffective in 2019 last season, you saw the entire offense falter. Uh, and now some of that is to blame maybe on the running back situation of last season, but I think majority of that probably falls on the offensive line. Uh, so that's kind of an issue with me, I guess, is that I don't know that the offensive line got any better uh, for this season, but you know, the Rams are, hell-bent on kind of providing Jared Goff with as many weapons as possible. Um, and so I think the K-Makers addition is going to be really good for the running game. Uh, you know, he's a guy I think that he's going to bring more explosion and more yards after contact ability than a guy like Todd Gurley had last season. Uh, because, you know, as good as Gurley was, and I think if you look deeper than just the raw numbers, um, he's never really been a great creator. Uh, he's He's got great vision, and he, he produced uh, what the offensive line allowed him to produce uh, dating back to 2018 when they were elite. But he's just never been a great creator. And I think a guy like Akers is going to bring that newfound element to of the offense there. And a guy like Van Jefferson, like I mentioned earlier, he's just a really good separator. So to me, Jared Goff is at his best uh, when he's kind of like running really hard play fakes under center uh, and throwing it to receivers who are generally open because – over the course of his career, he's just never really been too interested in throwing contested passes. And he's very, he's clearly like most comfortable with throwing the guys who separate well, which is exactly what guys like Woods and Cup are, um, as well as Van Jefferson. So I think the addition of Van Jefferson is going to be really important, most notably because, like I said earlier, the Rams were at their best uh, in 2018 when they were being able to. Um, stay ahead of the chains and when they could kind of get in the manageable down in different situations. And I think a guy like Van Jefferson, uh, he, he might not be able to take the top off the defense very effectively, but that's exactly where his game excels is that short to intermediate range. And uh, if the Rams can kind of, you know, keep ahead of the chains like they were in 2018, as opposed to 2019, I think the offense can get back on track to uh, something resemble something closer to 2018 as opposed to 2019. And finally, Sosa, you know, the Rams are virtually out of cap space for all we can tell. And maybe at most at this point, they could add some veteran at a million dollars late in the off season or just before the season and maybe make a, a small change here or there. Not to downplay that sometimes these uh, late minor moves can have big effects but um, at this point it seems like the Rams are what they are you knew what problems they had at the end of last season we are now through the free agency period and the draft and the Rams you know they're not going to make any big trades with any of their draft picks it, they don't have enough of them left and we don't have any reason to suspect that they can um, cut a bunch of 
there's not much more room to uh, cut off of the salary cap. So this is it for the most part. This seems to be the team. So what are your overall thoughts on the Rams headed into next season? Yeah, so I'm intrigued by what they might do. I think uh, they've had a lot of changes going from last season into this season. Um, and that's not even just at the personnel level. Uh, you know, they got a new offensive or they got a technical, technically an actual offensive coordinator this time from in Kevin O'Connell from the Redskins. I, I think that's going to be a very, very underrated addition because being a good uh, offensive schemer or, or, you know, mind is one thing, but even any fan can really tell you over the last three seasons that, Sean McVay oftentimes got away from the running game in during games. Um, so I think kind of having an offensive coordinator is going to uh, help him in that regard. Kind of maybe you can just, he could be the guy that, you know, kind of just reminds him like, Oh, I'm, I, maybe we should run the ball here or I'm, I'm seeing something different than you. It's just kind of another uh, good voice in the offensive room. So I think that's interesting. Uh, there's going to be a completely new defense under Brandon Staley. I'm intrigued about, we don't really know anything about him, so that's going to be a complete unknown, I guess, until the ball or, you know, the ball snapped, so to speak. Um, but they did rebuild a lot of the personnel on the defensive side of the ball. It looks like they're going to prioritize stopping the run with having a bunch of versatile options on the back end. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. And then even on the special teams, just like the other two facets of the ball, uh, it's completely rebuilt pretty much. I mean, they got a new special teams coordinator in John Bonamigo. We don't really know too much about him. Um, they got a new kicker for the first time in nearly a decade, or they're going to have a new kicker because Greg Zerline did depart, obviously. Um, so that's, you know, that's a lot of different stuff. We don't really know what to expect just yet. Um, but for me, I'm intrigued. I, I see a lot of potential with the team. I'm still concerned, I guess, about the offensive line because, uh, I, I know the offensive uh, the offense is going to go as far as the offensive line allows them to, um, and I just would have addressed it more than they did, I guess. Uh, so that's kind of an area of concern for me, as well as the NFC West just being absolutely loaded. I mean, even last season, the Cardinals were obviously the worst team in, in the division by far, but I think they, you could make a case that the Cardinals probably were one of the teams that improved the most going into this next season. Um so yeah, you know, it's going to be an absolute juggernaut. That division It's hard to say who's going to come out on top. I'm sure every game in that division is going to be absolutely hard fought. So uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. And, uh, and I think, you know, depends on whoever gets out of that division, but they could be battle tested, ready to go for the playoffs. Whoever does get out. Yeah. It's going to be a very interesting, interesting season in the NFC West. These are four. Uh, yeah. I think these are four good teams and uh, at the end of the year, perhaps we'll say a couple of these teams actually were not so good, but you just can't tell. The 49ers went to the Super Bowl, and I don't think that, you know, a lot of people uh, recall or fess up to the fact that, yeah, the Rams, or excuse me, the 49ers were terrible the previous two seasons, and, and we just didn't, a lot of people didn't predict that. I didn't predict uh, how good the 49ers would be. Could the Cardinals go to the Super Bowl? I think absolutely that it, there's a path to that happening, specifically involving Kyler Murray and how successful he is. But, uh, yeah, the Rams have a lot of competition, which uh, just boosts and amplifies the um, difficulty that it will get to 
get to back to the playoffs, but I do think um, I, I, there is definitely that path too for the LA Rams. Sosa Kremenges, thank you so much uh, for coming back and, and giving your time back to the Turf Show podcast. Anything else, uh, you, anything you would like to plug or say? Uh, no, I think that's all. Uh, thanks for having me, I guess. And, you know, I'm always up to chop it up. So, uh, yeah, that's all. Great. We will uh, chop it up again. This has been a podcast. Uh, Thank you, Sosa. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Perhaps there will be another one.